Hello, welcome back to the OTAP Podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. As always, I am joined here by my co-host, uh, Doug Moore. Uh, we are recording live on May 11th. Uh, we have on... Li- uh, I'll do it now, how the professionals do it. Okay. You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name's Colin Kelly. As always, I'm joined on the show by Doug Moore. And uh, it's our, uh, you know, we hadn't a podcast last week. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to this show because we didn't get to talk about all the draft prospects where they landed and on our last podcast I did mention that I just wanted to know where the guys were going to land and then we could uh, do all that but the, the NFL draft was uh, a lot of fun I have to admit really enjoyed watching it uh, even on the day one of the day one of the draft I went uh, with the guys over at the Ball Rush podcast uh, Scott Fish uh, and Dynasty Frank over there and uh, I got involved with their shotcast on a Google Hangout so a lot of people uh, getting getting quite intoxicated while the, the draft went on but it was a lot of a lot of fun part of it and uh, i don't that i think uh, 4 a.m in the morning so uh, i really enjoyed that but doug obviously the uh, the draft now in the books and on today's show we're going to be joined by bob harris uh, of fantasy diehards.com and sirius xm fantasy radio so i'm really looking forward to having bob on the show but uh doug since we last talked on the show um you know you had a, an unfortunate incident over the the last week or so how's your head uh, I did, I did, I, um, I, I had myself a little car accident, um, it was not my fault, uh, we were not recording the show, I, I think you I, had, uh, yeah. I think when you and I were talking, Doug, yeah. Doug DM me, uh, said about the crash, and I said, I, I often say when we're recording the podcast before we start, just don't crash the car during it, and, uh, then of course, I was just thinking, I was like, God, it's lucky, because I don't know what we would have done if we were recording the podcast <laughs> with a guest, and the next thing, crash in the background it, so. it would it would be a whole if it was a minor accident like the one that i was in probably be a whole lot of swearing a whole lot of yelling but no i was i was um i, I was on my way to work one morning and um i was just driving in my lane you know being innocent and <laughs> someone was changing lanes and they hit me um it was roger goodell at first yeah <laughs> um but uh no so i, I felt fine at the time I, uh, I I got uh, dealt with some headaches afterwards. I uh, I went to the hospital and they told me I uh, uh, I got a concussion, which means in the NFL they'll just pump me full of painkillers and throw me <laughs> back out there. But um, but no, I'm doing I'm doing much better. I'm a week removed now from it. Um, I, I appreciate you you you, you bringing it up. I, I am recovered now, but um, someday I will I will throw a lawsuit at the uh, the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like uh, like everybody else, but uh, no, I'm I'm doing well. Thank you. And uh, since we last spoke as well, I've uh, booked my summer vacation, and it's one I'm really looking forward to heading stateside myself and uh, heading to San Francisco, and then taking a, a road trip, renting a car, heading down to Las Vegas. So should be a, a fun couple of days. And uh, I've talked to a few people on Twitter already that are from that area, and uh, we'll be around at that occasion. So maybe I'll meet up with them for a drink or two. Whoa, and, hold on, uh, hold on. No, hold, hold on, hold on. You, you've been you've been to stateside twice since you and I started doing this together, and you have yet to come to the east coast to the to the northeast. Uh, yeah. You know where where I am. I, a, I feel like you're avoiding me. There, there is a and reason for that. I don't know that. how to feel about this. There's a reason for it, Doug. I have absolutely no problem talking to you when there's a, a large ocean in between us, but uh, any closer than that, and I, I start to get uncomfortable. 
I swear, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hijack your vacation. I'm gonna go to San Francisco. I'm gonna go to Las Vegas in a couple of weeks, and you're gonna have to deal with me one way or another. Yeah, another possible uh, landing spot for this holiday was actually Boston, but then I said, oh, Doug, Doug's in the Boston area. I just, I just can't. Do actually, it. no. So, so funny enough, I won't be here. Oh, <laughs> missed opportunity. Yeah, I, I will be in, uh, I will be in Viking territory, making my annual trip out to, uh, to Minnesota. Um, so you, 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 uh, what, what is the phrase you played yourself? Yeah. So, so congratulations. Well, we'll um, just have to, I'll have to, lost. yeah, I'll have to wait to this time next year when you head to Vikings country again and then, uh, I'll head to nope, Boston. No, it'll be Thanksgiving next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I've, I've really, uh, put myself in a little bit of a tangle there, but obviously myself and Doug, uh, on holidays and on vacation around the same time, we'll be uh, pre-recording an episode coming up uh, with a few. We have some great guests lined up in the next kind of six to eight weeks, so really looking forward to bringing them all to you. And of course, uh, today's show is going to be no different with Bob Harris jumping on the show next week. We're going to be joined by uh, Mike Tagliere of Pro Football Focus. So looking forward to him as well. A fantastic guest. Every time we've had him on the show, uh, always starting the show. I like to give a, a plug to our iTunes account, our Stitcher account. You can listen to us in all those great ways. Make sure you subscribe and download each and every show. Helps us here move up the rankings give us a, a written and a comment on whatever you listen to us on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher you can stream us as well on overtimeireland.com and I, I really do appreciate all the, the great feedback we do get here for for the listeners off the podcast and uh, through the Twitter feed uh, as well you know I mentioned on all the shows the NFL Europe promo you can use that whether you're stateside whether you're in Europe the UK Ireland make sure you grab yourself some NFL merchandise it might even be a piece of gear, you know, draft-related kit that you want to get. If you go to the NFL Europe shop, which is europe.nfl.com, you can get anything on their website for 10% off. And all you have to do is use our code at checkout. And the checkout code is OTI10, the letters OTI for Overtime Ireland. And 10 after that, and you uh, just simply do that when you're checking out. So pick up some things, add them to your basket, and then, uh, of course, stick in the code OTI10 to get 10% off your total order there. That is NFL Europe Shop, and their website is europe.nflshop.com. So the plugs are done. We've talked about the iTunes, talked about the website. I guess, Doug, when we're doing all the plugs, we'll plug our Twitter accounts too. Mine's is at Overtime Ireland, and uh, Doug's is at DMORE NFL. And uh, Doug, uh, obviously, Doug, we've had a few shows where I've mentioned at the end of the podcast. Uh, I'll let you take the floor and uh, mention the Locker Room Guys podcast one more time. Sure, yeah. So we, um, as of this recording, uh, Thursday night uh myself and lee Schechter, we have a, a new patriots podcast going on we just recorded our third episode last night with uh yahoo sports shutdown corners uh eric edholm and we had a, a great uh a great fun discussion uh, about the patriots and their draft so be sure to uh check us out on soundcloud and stitcher uh we're still working out the itunes issue which i'll have to have, i had to pick your brain about it after but um we're going to be having another show next week. and We're hoping to go weekly uh, after that. But, uh, no, be sure to check it out, uh, you know, and I appreciate the uh, the, the plug from my, my, my fellow podcast partner, uh, my brother from another mother, uh, Colm Kelly. <laughs> so uh, with all that done, with all the shameless plugs, I love a shameless plug. I'm never going to deny it. Uh, self-promotion is pretty much the only promotion when you're doing this as a, oh, as yeah. a hobby. Yeah, so let's let's do it when we have that opportunity and uh, let's get Bob on the show now to, to talk we're going to talk a lot I should have probably mentioned this at the start talk a lot about uh, kind of backfields and how they've shooken out after the NFL draft as well as some of the NFL news so let's get Bob on the show right now Hi I'm Chris Harris of the Harris Football Podcast and you are listening to Overtime Ireland 
So joined on the show now by Bob Harris of FootballDieHards.com as well as Sirius XM Fantasy. And Bob, somebody that I've been uh, wanting to have on the show for a long, long time. So uh, like Doug as well, I know Doug's wanted to have him on. It's great to finally have him on the show. So uh, thanks for jumping aboard, Bob. Uh, thanks for having me on. I know we've been going back and forth, the time differences and the busyness during the season. It's good uh, good to have a chance to catch up when we can take the time and enjoy it. Yeah, obviously uh, with Sirius XM as well. I know during the season, I think uh, some of your recording schedules kind of clash with when uh, myself and Doug usually record the podcast. Yep. So fantastic uh, to have you on now. Obviously, um, the draft, uh, we didn't have a show last <laughs> week uh, after the, the NFL draft. Now we kind of have more of a you know a view of where the the prospects land i talked on the the show prior to the draft about just wanting the draft to be over and just knowing where these guys are going to land and uh, we can start to look forward to the season now we've kind of like three months to, to talk about how to draft and pre-draft and so on but uh, just going i'll let you go first bob since you're the guest uh, you're if you had to pick one thing from the draft to kind of whether it's a player where he landed whether it's some of the the moves made by certain teams have you one takeaway that you wanted to talk about from from the nfl draft you know, having been there, I just wanted to, you know, we covered it for Serious Live. And Philadelphia did a fantastic job. I've yeah. been in, I was at Chicago the two previous years, and it was cold. And, I, you know, I mean, that was part of it. But, boy, Philadelphia just handled it nice. Uh, the city was fantastic. The site itself of the draft was fantastic. I think they had 100,000 people there, uh, you know, the first night. And, and uh, the accounts were correct there. It was like one arrest for somebody flying a drone recklessly i think was the uh was the only incident which you know when you have that you know mixture of emotional fans uh there was beer sold and uh and you know roger goodell all in one place uh the fact that everyone came out relatively unscathed was pretty impressive you know from the football side of things i gotta say i was really impressed with you know the way the niners handled their business you know given the circumstances a new regime in with uh, john lynch taking over uh, and subsequently reading, you know, Peter King's uh, MMQB piece on, you know, how the draft played out for them, yep. it, it was even more impressive. You know, it was impressive watching it in real time. I'm going, wow, they're making some good moves, getting the players they want. With, you know, they were drafting almost like a fantasy team. They were getting value. Yep. And, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of dig that as it is. But just when you saw the behind the scenes and how everything kind of worked, uh, it, it became even more impressive. You know, there was some obviously some individual players of interest. But I thought, you know, the thing that jumped out at me was the way the 49ers handled their draft in general. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. And obviously when they could uh, get all that value from the Bears for dropping back down just one spot, yeah. it really put them in a nice spot starting off. You know, they, they obviously had gained something at that point. So at least then they can always, even if the picks don't work out for them, they can always say, well, we gained this next year and so on and get the extra picks and see how that develops. I do think that. You mentioned as well, uh, that's an interesting point you made as well, about being there in the crowds. I was actually amazed at the crowds. I thought, you know, it was interesting that they were having in Philadelphia. I know the, the NFL is trying to turn it into something where they can take it from city to city and have it as such a big tv event and so on and so forth trying to to keep kind of revamping it as you know in the last 10 years the draft has really become something that it wasn't just you know a decade ago and i thought it was uh, fascinating to see the crowds there and just uh, it, it was very very interesting to see uh, i think you know going forward it's something that's probably going to continue to grow but it's going to be it's going to be hard to beat that a uh, hundred thousand people crowd that they had uh, on the, that dra- opening draft night uh, doug with uh, you what was you have you a different takeaway that you want to add in there well, so so like uh, so like Bob, I was uh, covering the draft of sorts. I was uh, at Gillette Stadium uh, covering uh, 
the the draft on day two and day three. They didn't have any media on day one because they didn't have a pick. Uh, it was it was quite an experience, but also extremely boring. And the only reason I say that is because they only picked four times in uh, in seven rounds. Uh, we'll say six rounds because they didn't have a pick originally in the first round. But um, it was extremely boring. A lot of waiting. Um, but no, it was a cool experience. Um, you know, sitting there with, with, with guys like, um, uh, Bert Breer or Jeff Howe and, um, you know, Doug Kide and, and Mark Duffy and, and many other beat writers, just seeing how it all unfolds from that sort of side, uh, really fun to do. Uh, it looked impressive. Like Bob said, uh, you know, watching it, it, it seems like such a great event. Um, but at least one that's taken its own in the last, like you said, calm uh, decade or so. But yeah, I, I, I don't want to say the same thing as, as Bob. I think the 49ers hand themselves extremely well. Um, they, they, they operate like a fancy team. Like I think Bob is correct. You know, they, they traded down one spot, they got picks, they got value and, and stuff like that. But, um, I don't, I don't know. I, there's not a lot of teams that didn't have bad draft classes um, this year. Uh, there obviously are a couple. Um, I'd mention the Jets for sure um, as one of them, uh, even though they got one of my favorite players in the draft in Jamal Adams. But really, I think every team sort of came away for the most part without some you know, glaring, you know, oh, this is the worst class by far. And, and granted, obviously, it's hard to judge one now. You need five years. Three, yeah, in three to five years or whatever it is. But, yeah, I, I don't think there were, you know, a ton of reaches. I don't think there was, like, who's this guy and, and stuff like that. So, but it was still – it's always a fun thing to, to watch. And, and, you know, you do you and I have been talking about this for months where, all right, let's just let's just get to it now. Now we're just you – know, we're, we're past the waiting time. It, it, there's about a good three-month layoff, yeah. you know, you know build up to it from when the Super Bowl ends. So, no, it was a lot of fun watching, you know, taking part of it in the media side, listening to Bell, uh, Bill Belichick not really tell us anything, and then Nick Casario basically being a nicer version of uh, Bill Belichick not giving us anything as well. So, no, it was, it was a fun time, and it, it was awesome to, uh, to, to, to watch uh, unfold, as always. If I could jump in real quick, I think, you know, something you mentioned, Colm, and, and I think uh, Doug kind of built I just I think it's the, the way the NFL – has turned their game into a 365-day-year yeah. reality show. I mean, we go from Super Bowl into Combine hype. We go from Combine hype into free agent frenzy. Uh, we go from free agent frenzy into pre-draft mode and draft. Draft is over, mini camps, OTAs, mini camps, all that progresses. Yeah. You have that small hole in July where hopefully nothing happens. Uh, although something people usually get does, arrested. and then trade <laughs> right, people get arrested, yeah. shot, whatever, and and that's the you know, but but they've they've done a great job of that in the draft. You know, this year they even you know they moved the combine out a little bit to hype it a little more, I guess, and and it was a little closer up against free agency, and and I honestly I think they could spread that out again and and do themselves a little bit of good, but but they're really uh, they've become quite adept at. At building the brand of these guys at the NFL, uh, somehow they figured this all out pretty well. And and it and look, we you know fantasy owners, we love it. 
uh, you know, we like to be able to follow our sport all year round, and they give us reason to do that, or, or certainly facilitate it to a great degree. Yeah, 100%. And uh, like I mentioned, you know, a decade ago, maybe a little bit longer prior to that, but it was something that, you know, nobody had interest in watching the draft on TV. It was hosted maybe, you know, in a, a conference center in a hotel or, you know, so 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 on and so forth. And now it's just they, they kind of went like, oh, maybe somebody wants to watch this, and then people started tuning and watching it, and they've just built it year on year. And we've seen it with the Combine as well, how now they let the uh, fans in Indianapolis to watch days of the combine and so on so it just keeps keeps building and the, the NFL I'm sure there'll be something in you know another 10 years that they'll have turned into you know a, a million dollar part off their calendar that uh, we well, haven't they, started you know, yet. they sell tickets now to media day at, at the Super Bowl I think we'll see more of that kind of thing going forward but as someone who's you know covered the NFL from a fantasy perspective since 1993 when the NFL would go to whatever length necessary not to concede there was such a thing as fantasy football <laughs> to the point we're at now they the, the switch started flipping in the mid to late 90s when the nfl realized oh look these guys that play this or take part in this hobby or whatever the hell they're doing uh man they drive a lot of our uh, our content they make us a lot of money they watch a lot of games they're watching games that are blowout games for yeah. the last whistle and uh, and i think we we deserve some credit for for helping them see the way yeah, and uh, another thing that uh, everyone that watches the NFL fairly quickly realizes when they're watching it is anything to do with making money. The uh, the league kind of enjoys to get a little bit of mm. a little piece of that yeah. pie. Um, my takeaway is kind of with uh, the kind of mishmash uh, with certain players landing in certain spots, certain running backs in particular. We're going to talk about running backs quite a bit later in the show with the, the landing spots that they have ended up with and uh, how it kind of filters out. And, you know, it might be a three-headed or four-headed backfield that we have to try and decipher. And that's, of course, what this next three months has to do. And certain players, I think, in this draft, we kind of hoped that they would have a certain landing spot. And they kind of went somewhere where there's already competition rather than being the lead dog. There's going to be a little bit of somebody else taking a piece of that pie so it's going to be interesting to talk about that in a little bit uh, just going to a couple of bits of NFL news over the last uh, week or so and news that came out today we're recording this on Thursday and that was that Josh Gordon's attempt to get reinstated into the league has failed and um, he did uh, apply as well you know we've seen Martavis Bryant get uh, um, reinstated and uh, it's just not going to be Josh Gordon's time at the moment he can uh, reapply later in this offseason but at the moment you know he's, he's just about to turn 26 and obviously we know the talent he has but you know Bob at this point uh, it has to it has to look like um, possibly the end of the road for, for Josh Gordon in terms of getting back in the league and then of course uh, latching on with a roster full time again Yeah I had subsequently heard to the initial reporting that you know his agent who very recently was uh, you know Gordon was staying with and who was giving glowing reviews of him yeah. went his separate ways yeah. with Gordon so that's probably a good indication we don't know why he wasn't, you know, the petition was denied. I suspect there's more to this story than we have heard as of this moment. Um, you know, not saying there was a setback or anything, but it's, it, there's a lot of, uh, lot of smoke here <laughs> no pun intended yeah no pun intended or maybe intended in this case uh, it's obviously another kind of shot back uh, you know in in terms of dynasty leagues and in redraft leagues and so on obviously uh, with him being off uh, the radar with being suspended last season he mightn't have been drafted in a lot of leagues but in redraft or dynasty leagues i know that he you know still was quite a hot commodity this time last year getting drafted and then people hoping if they could acquire him maybe a little bit cheaper to try and trade him when he get reinstated but we've seen martavis bryant get taken back back into the league after his suspension and 
you know, there's always that there concern. You know, we've seen it with Justin Blackman. There's so many players that once you get into that uh, protocol, you know, for substance abuse, it is very, very hard sometimes to get out of it again. And, uh, you know, sometimes players just don't love the game enough and they, they just want to do what they want to do. And uh, unfortunately, with Josh Gordon, it looks like uh, it'll be another... Uh, wasted talent because there's no doubt about it as a wide receiver uh, one of the most dynamic players you know coming through in that uh, supplemental draft where he didn't go in the NFL draft and just uh, the ability that he had uh, I think now back in 2014 some of those performances he had was just absolutely incredible moving on then to uh, Jay Cutler he has uh, retired from the NFL he's going to move into media uh, you know it didn't look like there was too many suitors there for him there was rumors with the Texans looking possibly at him or the Broncos but uh, he obviously was released by the Bears this past offseason goes into media so it's going to be interesting to see how that transition goes uh, for him he has said that uh, kind of he thinks he's fully retired but never to say never uh, a wide receiver that I've been interested in over the past kind of six to eight months watching him uh, since he came into the league and that was Robbie Anderson of the, the New York Jets I thought he was an underrated player coming into this season but unfortunately for his supporters and fantasy he was arrested on Sunday in Miami and charged with resisting arrest and uh, it is a felony charge. He was an undrafted free agent rookie last year. He, he did have a nice season with uh, 42 catches for 587 yards, two touchdowns. And, you know, obviously we know the quarterback situation in New York last year was not good. Uh, I was thinking he was going to take a step forward this year and in, in year two. But obviously anytime you have an off-the-field concern like this early in the offseason, and you kind of mentioned, you know, later in the offseason there'll be some more trouble. But with a player who was an undrafted free agent, uh, you know, you have to take every opportunity provided to you. And uh, was he a player that you liked what you've seen last season? And do you think this is obviously going to affect him now heading into the 2017 year with the Jets who you know that that wide receiver core is pretty bare at the moment I I, I wasn't going to get too excited I mean right now it looks like Quincy Anunmuk could be yeah. the, the primary guy I mean Anderson's a great guy I, I see him as kind of what he was last year more of a DFS play uh, on weeks that the price is right and the matchup favorable and uh, some of that will obviously depend on the quarterback I'm assuming it'll be you know Josh McCown to open I could deal with that but until he gets napkin two or whatever then once that happens you know i'm not i'm not real sure i'm not real sure what to make of petty or hackenberg so so yeah i'd I'd look at him as more of a dfs kind of guy i'm not sure anyone in the jets passing attacker other than uh bilal powell is somebody i'm going to be greatly interested in yeah i like powell as well obviously we have to see what happens with decker still possible rumors uh you know he's coming up to his double surgeries possible rumors of him still being cut or moved on so we'll see what happens there with him but if he if he's playing the targets should go through him but uh is another option it's kind of I don't want to get people to think I was talking about Anderson as, you know, somebody who's going to go on and be a wide receiver one, but he was somebody I thought could be, you know, in deeper leagues, a, a late round flyer. So moving on then to yep. the ne- next one. And uh, I know you mentioned Josh McCown. I don't want to get Doug started in Josh McCown last year around this time. We had a lot of Josh McCown talk on the podcast. Up next, Doug, I'll let you have a jump at this one here. It's Jamal Charge signed a one-year deal since we last uh, had a podcast with the Denver Broncos. It is a $1 million base value. You can earn another $2.75 million in incentives. And uh, there's pretty much zero guaranteed money, uh, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how he performs. Obviously, the, the knee injury, uh, double surgery after missing basically all the last season again after going down the year before. And uh, he was released, obviously, by the Kansas City Chiefs. So stays in the division with the Denver Broncos. CJ Anderson is there as well, and I am uh, a CJ Anderson fan. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one shakes out. And obviously, with Jamal signing and uh, the incentives and so on in the contract. He is a, a player that, you know, when he is fully healthy and he hasn't been for two years, uh, he is one of the best we've seen in terms of yards per carry. And I know that stat can be 
a lot of people kind of poo-poo it, but if you look at him over his career, he's been uh, very, very dominant each and every time he's touched the ball, even in times when it does be in a limited role, maybe that you know 18 to 20 touches per game. Do you think he uh, is going to go in there and win that uh, starting job, Doug, in uh, Denver? Or do you think this is one that uh, you know we'll see if that knee holds up for him and see where it goes from there? Yeah, there, there's a couple things here to think about. Like you mentioned, he has no guaranteed money. Um, so there's really I, – I don't think he's a lock right now to make uh, the final roster. Uh, you know, Obviously, he's been removed from the league for the most part for the, for the past two years with several injuries, including his, his knees. Um, but the, the, the Broncos are just in a bad spot running back-wise. You have C.J. Anderson who's coming off his own knee surgery. Um, they traded away Capri Bibbs, who I thought probably was their their most consistent playmaker last year, because I love Devonte Booker, but he he just he didn't have a good year. Uh, I think he struggled with with fumbles. And then the other thing too is that even though the the, the Broncos, you know, did draft a, a tackle in the first round, they still got some major offensive line questions. Um, it was it was arguably one of the worst offensive lines last year as well. So I'm really scared about this whole Denver running back situation. My hopes are not high for Jamal Charles. They never are for running backs of that age, especially ones coming off multiple surgeries. It's both knees. Uh, I know he's talked a lot about being, you know, the Tom Brady of running backs, and that's all well and good. Talk, you know, I hope he is as well, but hope is cheap, so I tend to indulge myself, but not, not on draft day, not for me. Uh, and I, I do think, you know, Doug mentioned Devontae Booker, and, and and we really saw some flashes from him early when he was playing the secondary role, the complementary role, and then as soon as he was thrust into that primary spot, he just, boy, fell right off the, the radar. So I still have concerns about him, and, and Anderson needs to stay healthy. I think Anderson could do the job. Uh, I just think he needs to be healthy. But everything Doug said is true. The offensive line is a concern for all those guys. Yeah, 100%. And uh, we're going to get in now to what we talked about that we were kind of, I said it as my talking point in the draft and some of the way the backfields have shook out. And uh, we're going to start off with the New York Jets because uh, you mentioned uh, Bilal Powell a minute ago. And uh, with the Jets, you obviously have uh, Powell, Matt Forte, and they have drafted Elijah McGuire as well. Um, you know, Forte obviously was with the Bears and such a great talent over the years. A very, very uh, important fantasy player for pretty much six or seven years uh, in a row. But uh, Rich Semini, ESPN's Rich Semini is uh, reporting that he expects Bilal Powell to be the lead Jets back this year. And I would absolutely love that as a, a, a Powell owner in a lot of my dynasty leagues. But how do you see it shaking out between those three guys? Do you think uh, Forte has passed his uh, sell-by date at this point? And what do you expect from the, the rookie, uh, Elijah McGuire? I I talked to Forte at the Super Bowl at, at great length, and he would contend he is not over the hill. Uh, you know the 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 game said otherwise. I don't and I don't know if it you know he had some huge games, right? Some multi touchdown yeah, yeah. games. I think he's still capable of being that guy. But we've seen Powell coming on now for quite some time. You look at the numbers last year: second overall in yards per carry, third in yards after con- contact per carry. Uh, I think. Pro Football Focus had him ninth overall and missed tackles, forced per per carry. I mean, he's a good player, and uh, I think that's something that they're going. I think we'll see his playing time increase, and and and, and Forte will still play a role. But Powell is the guy at the top of that list for me among the Jets. Yeah, and uh, I think you know Forte. We obviously talk about his pass catching role, but uh, I think. 
Uh, Powell has really excelled when given the opportunity over the last uh, two seasons, so we'll see how he goes. Uh, we're going to let Doug go next, and uh, you know we have the New Orleans Saints up here next. Uh, they obviously have Mark Ingram. They uh, uh, took in Adrian Peterson of free agency. They drafted Alvin Kamara, who a lot of people were quite uh, impressed by in the pre-draft process. But then, so, you know, you have the situation with Ingram. There's been rumors of uh, possibly trying to move him on, maybe to Philadelphia or looking for a running back, I think, at the moment, uh, with the, their situation in the backfield. Uh, Doug, what do you think with, uh, you know, the whole Ingram, Peterson, Kamara kind of tree-headed backfield there? Do you think it's something that Kamara might have to wait a year or two to get an opportunity or uh, do you see Ingram there um, for this season? Do you think he'll be moved on? Yeah. So real quick, I, I want to make sure I don't I, I don't forget about this. Um, I would not sleep on Elijah McGuire. Um, it's really funny because he's you know from watching him one I think the most the, the best receiving running back in that entire class, um, and they're going to need playmakers. So I wouldn't sleep on him. But yeah, to, to talk about the Saints, what a mess. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram looked like he had a clear path to, you know, to, you know, getting a lot of snaps. Yeah, six weeks a lot ago, it looked really good. And then, you know, because Tim Hightower wasn't, he was, re- uh, he was signed by uh, San Francisco, I believe. Yep. And, um, you know, then Adrian Peterson comes on by. Uh, it makes sense. It makes sense in a way they need a, they need a veteran back who can handle Hightower's touches, which he had over, I think, 10 a week on average. So it made sense. But then they, I believe they traded up actually to get Kamara. And it's interesting. Kamara is a guy who a lot of hype is around him. I didn't watch a lot of tape on him, but he's a guy who was sort of second fiddle at Tennessee to Jalen Hurd, who's left the program since. Um, I think his biggest question is, you know, you saw a lot of flash from him and he tested out well. But can he actually perform over a whole season doing a full workload, which is something he never really got at Tennessee. Um, in regards to year one for him, I don't think we're going to see a lot of him. I don't. I think this is more of a 2018 sort of pick because I think Ingram, if I'm not mistaken, is on the last year of his deal or for second to last year at the most. And I don't th- it's funny enough. If he got traded to Philadelphia, I would I would love Ingram even more. I call him a top 15 back right now to yeah. get traded there. Um because they have a decent offensive line. They have a, a vastly improving offense with uh, added playmakers and, and uh, a decent quarterback there, um, or could be at least. But um, it's it's going to be tough to predict this week, uh, week to week. It might even be the it might even be similar to the Patriots, where uh, you just they're going to do matchup based. Don't, don't get started in the Patriots. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking that I was going to say, Doug, as, as someone who. You know, I mean, we all, you know, I always call the Patriots backfield the Gordian knot of fantasy football. You know, we'll never untie it. And it seems like a, a number of teams have decided that that's the route to take. And, you know, the Saints are going to lead the way in that, in that, in chasing them. Right. Uh, and it is a concern. It just makes it, you know, it's, you know, when you don't have any certainty from week to week, uh, who's going to handle load. And, and look, we know how that is with the Patriots. We've figured that out. And it looks like it's only going to get tougher this year. But we do, we still don't know the Saints' actual approach. It seems like maybe Mark Ingram's still the best back. If we, you know, I don't have a lot of hope for Adrian Peterson. I I didn't have a lot of hope for him last season, especially right. upon return. But even before that, so um, you know, I think maybe we've hit that point where we can kind of quit worrying about him from a fantasy perspective. Uh, and just but but go look at JJ Zacharias' timeline at late round QB right now, and he had some recent discussion. 
about this. And just any time you add more running backs to the mix, it's not good for fantasy. It dilutes the touches to some degree. Anything that dilutes those touches is an irritant to us. 100%. And I can't believe, I don't think I've used 100% on the podcast very often. I think that's the third time since we started talking here that I've used it. So I'll have to try and use something different the next time. But I am agreeing with that take. I think it's a possibility too. You know, for an NFL team, it's good to have those extra running backs. For a fantasy team, it was not good to have those. Because if you look at Ingram, uh, you know, he's always had, last year, I think he played maybe 14 games. He's always had a, that there in his career where he's missed a, quite a few games per season. Peterson last year was injured uh, the majority of the season, missed the year before then with the suspension. So he's, you know, he hasn't been a consistent producer. So Kamara then, it makes sense that again, that rookie running back to try and have more depth uh, around there as well. And uh, I believe they still have uh, Travaris Cadet as well. I'm not sure if that is correct. but there, So there's quite a bit of, of, yep. uh, uh, to go around there, so we'll see. But this could be one of those cases where if you pick one of these guys and they turn out to be the lead dog uh, in New Orleans, the, the running back position in New Orleans often puts up fantasy points just due to the, the high-powered nature of that offense. I want to get your take now on the next one, and that there is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you have Spencer Ware, Tricandrick West is still there, and they took Kareem Hunt in this draft. Uh, it looks like, you know, at the moment that it's still Spencer Ware's job to lose but there's obviously going to be competition uh, between the three I would be ranking them at the moment Ware then Hunt then West uh, I'm not a big Chicago uh, West fan I do like Spencer Ware quite a bit but it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out the Chiefs really are a team uh, who like to, to base things around the run game and the defense and obviously with Alex Smith there a quarterback as well do you agree with that kind of as the depth chart and then uh, how are these uh, going for you in fantasy as Ware somebody that you like for the, the 2017 season yeah, I'm kind of on board with the, with the order that you have them in, uh, you know, and uh, definitely with West. It just he was a real disappointment. It seemed like he was the guy that they were going to use. They were kind of like the Andy Reid, kind of like that Jamal Charles component, right? Yeah, and maybe he yeah. could provide that. Uh, seemed to come up a little short, so obviously the, the newcomer gets a shot at that. I would guess. Um, I, I still like where you know his his average per carry was you know not horrible last year. Um, so. I, I still think Andy Reid's giving him the first shot. Um, they're not going to push a rookie in there, but the, you know that's the thing about running backs in the NFL. They're you know it's the the talent is more tr- most transitory there, and somebody is going to this year just like they do every year uh, come on. And I mean you know two years ago I can remember talking to Sigmund Bloom about David Johnson early in the season being the guy I wanted to get on my roster to be the rookie who was going to emerge last year i can remember writing in july that jordan howard is the guy i wanted and i don't think i'm not sure this is a situation i'm looking at i have another one i'm looking at but it, it happens every year guys come out of nowhere and, and certainly if something were to happen to where Hunt would be in a good position for that yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, you mentioned there with Ware and his yards per carry. I think at the start of the season, it was very, very strong. And towards the end of the year, he really kind of wore yeah. down a little bit as, uh, you know, it was his first year as a kind of a starting running back. Obviously, Charles was penciling as the starter, and then he could. Uh, didn't didn't come back to health and uh, similar when you when we were talking as well about the Jets Matt Forte was similar a lot of his early season production came kind of September October time and then he really tired down the stretch as well so we'll see if those guys uh, this year can keep it going for a longer term I have a couple more to try and run through before we wrap it up here the next one up is the Bengals obviously they took Joe Mixon we know about his off the field issues Giovanni Bernard's coming back off that uh, knee injury and then Jeremy Hill who I'm not a, a big fan of I am kind of a, I'm a Geo guy not a Hill guy and uh, Hill last year kind of disappointed but it's a crowded backfield here again do you think Joe Mixon goes in and just uh, you know he has that ability to possibly have a three down role uh, do you think he goes in and he's the three down guy and Gio gets a little bit of the passing downs work maybe and uh, then Hill 
maybe the goal line guy or do you think uh, Hill's really on the outskirts here now in Cincinnati with the, the way things gone you know Gio's got a long term contract and uh, Hill now coming up towards the end of his rookie uh, contract so yeah I, 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 I'll be honest I would not be surprised if Jeremy Hill is not on this team come week one whether it's by trade or actually even maybe by being cut yeah. I don't know um, but yeah I I've said this before on the podcast. I think Mixon is the most talented running back that came out of this class, um, but just a horrible, horrible person. I will always stick by that. Um, but he landed in a decent spot. Um, I say decent because the Bengals lost a couple key members of their offensive line and really didn't do much to replace them. Um, so that worries me a little bit. But Mixon has the talent. I would not be surprised if Mixon... Is, is the guy. I would not be surprised if he's a primary, we'll call him a two and a half down back with Bernard being the other half. Um, I don't think Hill gets much. He's a big body. If he is, if he is with the team come week one, then yeah, I would say he's more of a goal line, short yardage guy, perhaps. Think about the calculus on this. If you're the Bengals and, or any team when, you know, there's a player that the, the distraction they uh, that, that's going to come with the, uh, that kind of player, you know, like a Tim Tebow, the circus comes to town, right? And it's going to be the same thing with Joe Mixon yeah. for the for the horrible reasons. So if you're going to drive around in the clown car, it better be a really good driver. And you better have, you know, you better, I mean, I don't think you bring that guy in unless you really intend to use him. I, that's, right. what I, that's my guess there. And I always think too, when you have a, a player like that yet again and has those off the field concerns, you know, I mentioned Ken earlier with Robbie Anderson, he's an undrafted uh, free agent. Uh, you know, if you make those mistakes, you can air out the door. I know they spent a second round pick on Mixon, but, you know, with his previous history coming in, if he does make another mistake or two mistakes, I think, you know, he pretty much quickly gets uh, demoted down that roster. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all falls there. Uh, two more to run through the running backs before we wrap up. Going to do them as quickly as we can. We have the, the Jacksonville Jaguars for net taking fourth overall. Had been rumored for quite some time prior to the draft obviously tj yeldon's there and then they paid chris ivory a lot of money last year um you know the what is your kind of realistic expectations uh for Fournette behind this average jacksonville uh, offensive line after you know last year there's probably gonna be a lot of comparisons made to ezekiel elliott uh, with what he did from the number four spot but i think that's an unfair comparison what do you think uh, happens in this backfield in Jag- uh, in jacksonville I think Colby, you are correct. I mean, it's not a fair comparison. It's the offensive line. You stated it's average. And it goes beyond that, though. Um, And Brandon Marianne Lee from Pro Football Focus pointed this out during our serious uh, draft coverage. I mean, the Jaguars, uh, you know, the the defense, we like the talent. We like what they're doing, the direction they're going. But they were still a horrible scoring defense in the bottom third of the league um, and gave up, what, 25 points a game. If they're doing that, Blake Bortles is going to continue to be the garbage time darling, and Leonard Fournette's not going to do a damn thing when you when you need him to do it, when he can really grind and wear down defenses. Yeah. So uh, people are going to overpay for Fournette. I love the skills. I love everything about him. I'm uh, not happy with the landing spot. Yeah, and when you look at him as well, uh, Fournette, you know, pass catching's not his kind of number one specialty, and TJ Yeldon, quite a, quite a good pass catcher out of the backfield. So if it does go into a situation again where the Jags 
pretty much uh, sucked like they did last year. Maybe there will be a bit of improvement, but I could see them being behind in a lot of games and a lot of kind of catch up mode games. So uh, you could see him getting a nice kind of PPR floor if you're looking at it that way. Last one up now is Minnesota, and it's uh, Dalvin Cook landed there. Obviously, his draft process, uh, you know, from the combine forward didn't go the way he was hoping, and obviously they signed Latavius Murray in free agency. Jarek McKinnon has been kind of a, a dynasty darling for three or four years, and it just hasn't really clicked into gear for him at any point. How do you see it shaking out? I know myself and uh, I believe Doug's still not a, a big Latavius Murray fan. How do you see this uh, Bob shaking out now in Minnesota? Um, I'm I'm not either a Murray fan, but I uh, look. I I have my fingers crossed for Cook you know, landing in Green Bay. Uh, it seemed yep, like you know uh, uh, you'd love to see a guy go there. A solid enough offensive line. Nobody stacking the box against Aaron Rodgers. Um, so this is a this is not like the ideal spot. I do think though. I mean, they invested some money in the offensive line this offseason, as did many people, because it wasn't a great draft for offensive linemen. So they did pour some money onto it. I, you know, I think Cook is a guy that I really love. More of a dynasty play, though, a guy in a year or two who I think can really come into his own. Um, and right now it's just too convoluted with both Murray and McKinnon ready to chip in. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting, uh, obviously, with Minnesota, I want to mention as well. Uh, Ma- uh, Malcolm Floyd. Uh, or- yeah, yeah. My, Malcolm Floyd also signed there as well after uh, he got a, a Super Bowl ring with the Patriots after getting released mid-season it's, by the Cardinals. It's possible that this Laquan Treadwell guy isn't as good as they thought he was. Yeah, it's going to be. It's you know we, we look we look back at that uh, receiver class last year and it was much more hype than this year's class here and uh, you know nothing really panned out of it as of yet outside of Michael Thomas down in New Orleans. So we'll see if they can step forward, but it really doesn't seem to be uh, getting you know his head around the game plan uh, in Minnesota. And uh, you know it's it's crazy to think as well with uh, Floyd as well getting that Super Bowl ring with the Patriots and after getting cut for a DUI and then you have Larry Fitzgerald still without a ring up there in uh, Arizona, so a tough, a tough one there. Um, so just before we wrap up, Bob, uh, obviously I want to tell the listeners where they can follow you on Twitter. It's at FootballDieHard. You should already be following Bob if you're not, and obviously uh, FootballDieHards.com as well. And your, your show on SiriusXM Fantasy. Uh, is there anything else that you want to give a, a plug while you're on? No, that's pretty much it. I'm working on our uh, – I'm the senior editor of four magazines, the Pro Forecast, uh, which is – this is the 28th season this year. Uh, the draft book, Cheat Sheets Magazine and Football Diehards Magazine, uh, the winner of last year's uh, FSTA Award for Best Magazine. So uh, we got plenty going on. Yeah, there's, I, you know, we mentioned when you we started off the segment that uh, it was hard fitting you in the football season. Uh, the listeners should know that you are a very, very busy man when it comes to, to fantasy football. So, obviously, uh, the best way to find out all the stuff that Bob's got going on is at, at the, on the Twitter handle at Football Diehard. Definitely check him out there. Get all the stuff going on. Listen in to those great Serious XM Fantasy shows as well. And uh, until myself and Doug are back next week with the show, uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Overtime Ireland. You can follow Doug on Twitter at DMore NFL. Check out Doug's Locker Room Guys podcast as well. And uh, until we're back next week with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.